تمام النبي علينا من النعم الكثيرة الظاهرة والباطنة وأشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له وأشهد أن محمدا عبده ورسوله صلوات الله والسلام عليه By the name of Allah, the most merciful, the most compassionate, all praise belong to Allah. The one that there's none that has the right to be worshipped except Him, who has bestowed upon us blessings in abundance, blessings that are numerous, those blessings that are outward and inward, and I bear witness that none has the right to be worshipped except Allah, who's alone, without having any partners. And I bear witness that Muhammad ibn Abdullah, that he is his servant and his messenger. To proceed, I pray all So we welcome each and every one of you to these series of classes, whereas tonight we're learning from the science of al-fiqh. And this is one of our family classes. In this masjid of ours, Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen. Ma'a fadilatil Imam al-Shaykh al-Sa'di, rahimahullah ta'ala. And we're reading from one of the works of the noble Imam al-Shaykh Abdul Rahman ibn Nasir al-Sa'di. May Allah have mercy upon him. Tayyip wa sallam ila kitab al-Tahara wa la nazalimini. So we have arrived in the book of purification and we'll still and we're still there. Walhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen. Wasalna ila baab sifatil wudu. We have arrived at the chapter, the description of the wudu. Tayyip, faman yathku lana fa'idatan tata'alaqu bi al-wudu. Who can give us a benefit connected to the wudu? Shikabuha? Al-Niyya. Huh? Al-Niyya. I sent. Min al-umur alati tata'alaqu bi al-wudu al-Niyya. From those affairs that are connected to the to the wudu is the The person has to have the intention. Why do we have to have a niyyah, Muhammad? Why do we have to have an intention while we're doing the wudu? Why is that? Because the mother the, the wudu sharatun min shurut salah Because the wudu is a condition for the prayer. وَكَذَلِكَ الْوُضُوعِ عِبَادَةِ وَلِكُلِّ عِبَادَةِ مِنْ عِبَادَاتِ اللَّهِ سُبْحَانَهُ وَتَعَالَى لَا بُدَّ لَهَا أَنِيَّةٍ لَا بُدَّ لَهَا أَنِيَّةٍ Also, wudu is worship. From the worship of Allah, in every aspect of worship has to have an intention. Has to have an intention. طيب فتعلمنا فائدتين أو صفتين من صفات الوضوء. So we learned two descriptions so far, if you wish, maybe three. شيخ عمر from the descriptions of wudu. What's one of them? أحسنت. البدء ببسم الله. That you start with the بسم الله. أحسنت. The hadith, hadith Abu Abi Huraira. Hadith Abi Sa'il Khudri. Many of the ulama say there's some criticism regarding that hadith. Some scholars say it is weak. 
or has weakness there. Right. Yeah. Another benefit, another description. I think it's going to die. Yeah. Another description of the wudu. We mentioned badana bil bismillah that you start with the bismillah. What's another description? You start with your right. You can say that accent. Hadi bin sunnah. That's another sunnah. Is this one on here, Antoine? You guys here? What's another description, Shaykh? Accent. Washing the hands three times, two times, or even one time. All of them are sunnah. Which one is the best? To wash your hands three times, to wash your hands two times, or to wash your hands one time. Which one is better? Three times. Three times. Accent. Three times is the most complete of the wudu. Is the most complete of the wudu. Accent. Let's begin, ya khwan. قال بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم ثالثا غسل الكفين the third description of the descriptions of the wudu washing the palms of the hands washing the palms of the hands طيب وقوله ويقسل كفيه ثلاثا when he says and you wash or he washes his two palms three times First benefit of today. First benefit of tonight. When he says, As-Sa'di says, that you wash the two hands three times. He says here, this means, this means before placing the hands in the vessel. Before placing the hands in the vessel. والمقصود هنا قبل الوضوء. The intent here, the initial washing of the hands, is before you actually began your wudu. وهذا من سنة النبي عليه الصلاة والسلام. And this is, is a sunnah of the Messenger عليه الصلاة والسلام. قبل أن يبدأ بالوضوء كان يغسل يديه ثلاثا. Before he used to begin the wudu itself, عليه السلام. May the peace of Allah be upon him. He used to wash. His two palms, three times. This is before placing the hands in the vessel of water. Or before the scooping of the water, or pouring the water on the hands. And if you have some water poured upon your hands, not like we have nowadays, حماماتنا مثلا في ماذا الحنفية الماء يسيل منها Nowadays you turn on the faucet and the water flows through In the time of the messenger alayhi salatu salam they used to have pitches of water and you would pour the water someone would pour the water on your hands or you would pour the water on your hands If you have the water poured then this is a sunnah قال رابعا Another description Fourth description Placing the water in your mouth and placing the water in your nose. 
Three times with three scoops of water. With three scoops of water. قال مد مضى والاستنشاق ثلاث بثلاث غرفات عندنا أنهما من تمام غسل الوجه. Placing the water in your mouth and the water in your nose three times with three scoops of water. He says, with us, this is the completion of washing the face. ذكرنا أن العلماء يبينون لنا أن مد مضى والاستنشاق من غسل الوجه. We mentioned that the scholars of Islam they clarify washing your face, like washing your mouth or putting the word in your mouth and in your nose is a completion of washing the face. So in this reason you find in the ayah Allah does not mention anything about the mouth. Allah does not mention anything about the nose in detail. But generally he mentioned it. Why is that or how is that? Because the mouth and the nose is part of the face. The, the mouth and the nose are part of the face. Our sister says, Wa alaikum salam Do you say the Bismillah before washing the hands the first time or after? The basmalah yuqatuqalu qabla bidayatil wudu. The basmalah is said, for those that say it's recommended, some scholars say it's obligatory, you say it at the start of your wudu. You say it at the start of your wudu. Wallahualam. Tayyip. La yatimu qasla la wajh illa bihima. Benefit number two. Washing of the face. Is not complete. You have not completely washed your face until you put the word on your mouth and in your nose. You have not completely washed your face until you have made the madhmada Until you have placed the water in your mouth and you have placed the water in your nose. لا يتم غسل الوجه إلا بهما the completion of washing the face is not fulfilled unless you wash your mouth and your nose. You put the water in your mouth, the madhmadah, and you put the water in your nose. وَهَذَا عَظِيمٌ أَنْتُمْ تَدْرُسُونَ الْفِقْهِ هَذِهِ فَائِدَةً عَظِيمًا That's a tremendous benefit for you students of al-fiqh. May Allah make all of us min tulab al-fiqh. From the students of al-fiqh, ma'an al-fiqh? What does it mean, al-fiqh? What does fiqh? When you say fiqh, what's the intent? Understanding. Understanding. Accent. Tayyip. And there are many proofs to show that you have to wash your mouth and your nose. Mithlu hadith, like the hadith. Ida tawadda falmadmalda. Uktubu had the hadith. Let's write this hadith down, Yahwan. Ida tawadda, the Messenger of Allah, he says, Whenever you make wudu, falmadmalda. Ida tawadda, 
إذا توضأت فمضمض إذا توضأت إذا توضأت فمضمض Whenever you make a wudu then place the water in your mouth إذا توضأت فمضمض Whenever you make a wudu then place the water in your mouth من حديث ابن صبرا أخرجه أبو داود and this hadith is narrated by Ibn Sabra, collected by Imam Abu Dawood. Whenever you make a wudu, then place the water in your mouth. فَبَيَّنَ النَّبِيُّ عَلَيْهِ صَلَاةُ وَسَلَامَ So in this hadith, the Messenger of Allah is teaching us, washing your mouth or cleansing your mouth is from the completion of washing the face. Whenever you make a wudu, فمضمض, then place the water in your mouth. وفي حديث آخر, second hadith, second hadith. وبالغ في الاستنشاق إلا أن تكون صائما. وبالغ في الاستنشاق إلا أن تكون صائما. وبالغ في الاستنشاق the Messenger of Allah says, Balil, make sure you place the water in your nose. Balil, don't go overboard, but make sure it reaches. Balil, go to the, to the limit, don't go over the limit, but go to the limit of placing the water in your nose. Make sure the water reaches your nose. Unless you are fasting. Unless you are fasting. This hadith is authentic. And it's collected by Imam Al-Tirmidhi. And Imam Ibn Majah. And Imam Abu Dawood. Umahat al-Arba'a. The four Imams. Collected by Tirmidhi. Ibn Majah. Abu Dawood and Nasai Min Hadithi Ibn Sabra Ibn Sabra Wokadalik and Imam Ahmed and it's also collected by Imam Ahmed. So we're gonna say Akhrajahu Khamsa the five Imams collected. And the manakul Khamsa Al Murad Bihi Umahat al Arabah was Yadatan Al Imam Ahmed. Anytime you hear the five Imams collected it. The intent are the four Imams of the Sunan, At-Tirmidhi, Abu Dawood, An-Nasai, Ibn Majah, and you're going to add Imam Ahmed, five. The four Imams of the Sunan, if you hear Rahu Khamsa, the five Imams collected it. The intent here is the four Imams of the Sunan, At-Tirmidhi, Abu Dawood, An-Nasai, Ibn Majah, and Al-Imam Ahmed. Hadha Taweel. That takes a long time to say هذا الحديث أخرجه أبو داود والترمذي والنسائي وابن ماجة وأحمد ينامون الناس أي وقت سلام يا شيخ الناس ينامون الآن just imagine you give them the Jumu'ah and you recite a hadith and you say it's collected by الترمذي أبو داود نسائي ابن ماجة half the people are asleep now Sheikh Omar Masi the people are asleep already so to make it quick, you would just say, أخرجه خمسة. The five Imams collected it. 
They narrated the last one. The last yeah, hadith. since the same hadith, ya ikhwan, we mentioned two hadith. In reality, it's one hadith. The second hadith was a different variation of it. Same hadith. Hadith Ibni, Hadith Ibnu, Sabra. Same hadith. But the second wording is collected by the five great Imams. One, in reality, one hadith we mentioned. Whenever you make hudu, then place the water in your mouth. Collected by Imam Abu Dawood and others. Min hadith Ibn Sabura. Tayyip. Nastafidu min hadith hadith. We benefit from this hadith, ya ikhwan. Many benefits. Nazkuru ba'daha. Let's mention a few benefits of this hadith. Al Fadatul Ula. Benefit number one. Al Tamadmada min ikmalil wudu. Benefit number one. Placing the water in your mouth is from the completion of the wudu. You sisters can come in now. May Allah bless you. Whoever makes wudu and does not put the water in his mouth, his wudu is not correct. It's deficient. Whoever makes wudu, wash his face, but he doesn't put the water in his mouth or nose. His wudu is not correct. Is deficient. So the first benefit I want you to write: min ikmalil wudu. min al wudu. That's a good question. Is there one word? I don't know one word. I would say, placing the water in your mouth. Because technically it means, technically, it's not any time you place water in your mouth. It's specific placing of the water. It's while you're making wudu. Right now we're playing ball, and ana harrun wa ash'aru bishayfi fiya. And I'm hot. You know, I'm tired of winning. I let the brothers win today. Alhamdulillah, Ahmed. I'm tired of spanking up on Ahmed. I let Ahmed win this game. Tayyip. I get kind of hot, and you can feel something in your mouth sometimes. So I rinse my mouth out. You wouldn't call that tamadamadha. I'm not making wudu. So one word translation, Allah Adam. The correct translation would be to place water in your mouth, splish it around, and then expel it. While you're making wudu. I don't know one word for that. All of that means tamadamadha in Arabic. Tayyip. You guys know translation, one word? It's hard to find one word in a language that is weaker than the language you're translating from. It's hard, ya ikhwan. No. Tayyip. Benefit number two. Sifatul wudu. Muqtalifun idha la'abdu yakunu sa'iman. Sifatul wudu Mukhtalifatun Idha la'abdu Yakunu sa'iman Pay attention here, Yahwa Inshallah you all memorize this The description of one's wudu 
is different if he's fasting. Sifatu wudu la'ab mukhtalifun idha yakunu sa'iman. When the servant is fasting, his wudu is going to be different. Kayfadalik, what does that mean, Yahwa? عندمال عبد يصومون أو يصومو نعم يصومون لا يبالغون في الاستنشاق. Pay attention here. When the brother or sister is fasting, they don't put the water. They don't be excessive when they put the water in their nose. You don't make sure the water goes all the way in the back of your nose when you're fasting. You can break your fast. As the Messenger of Allah says, بالغ في الاستنشاق إلا أن تكون صائما. He says. Make sure you get the water all the way to your nose unless you're fasting. So this shows how the hadith يبين لنا نبي عليه الصلاة والسلام عندما العبد يتوضأ وهو يصوم لا يبالغ في الاستنشاق. In this hadith, the Prophet is teaching us عليه السلام when you're fasting, you don't put the water all the way up your nose. You just make sure it gets to the beginning of your nose. You don't sniff it all the way up. When you're fasting, because you can break your fast. You can break your fast. We mentioned two benefits of this hadith. Who can mention the first one? Masi? Placing the water, water in your mouth is from the completion of the deed. Accent. Placing the water in your mouth, pushing it around, and then spinning it out is from the completion of the wudu. Second benefit. Right, the description of one's wudu is going to be different if the person is fasting. You're not going to be excessive in this one point. When you put the water in your nose. When you put your water in your nose. You're not going to put it all the way up your nose. There are many hadiths in this regard. Benefit number three. There are many benefits, there are many hadith in this regard. Many verb, many hadith of actions in which the Prophet is doing the wudu by action. And it's not been mentioned, it has not been mentioned that the Messenger of Allah has ever made wudu and not put the water in his mouth. And not put the water in his nose. Not even one time. فَلِذَلِكَ نَسْتَفِيدُ أَنَّ تَمَدْمَضَى وَالْإِسْتِنْشَاقَ وَاجِبَانِ مِنْ وَاجِبَاتِ الْوُضُوءِ So we benefit from this point that washing the mouth, putting water in the nose are both obligatory. From the obligations of the wudu. Since the Messenger of Allah, it was not mentioned from him that he left it off. Not even once. If whatever you're talking about, the Prophet of Allah left it off one time, that's enough to show it can't be obligatory. If the Prophet of Allah made the salah and he didn't do such and such, even if it's mentioned he left it off once, this shows that that thing is not obligatory. Mithalu hadha, an example of this, ya ikhwan, raf'u al-yadayn fi kulli al-ruku'u, hadha laysa bi wajib. 
An example of this is not raising your hands every time you bow. Every time you bow, it's not obligatory to raise your hands. It's highly recommended, but it's not obligatory. Because the Messenger of Allah left it off before. Uh, what is it, food? Yeah. Um, you, it's up to the brothers. Y'all can have it now or after class. It's up to you, inshallah. It's a little snack. May Allah brother, Whoever wants a snack now can have it now. Whoever wants to have it after class can have it after class. Make sure the sisters get some, yeah, khwa. Your brothers save some for the girls there, inshallah. Sometimes we forget the women, yeah, khwa. That's not correct. And we apologize for forgetting our sisters, yeah, khwa. Rather, we never forget you. We don't want no trouble. We just, it looks like we forget our women, but we don't, we just didn't mention you. So we apologize for it looking like we have forgotten our mothers and our daughters and our sisters. Yeah, they are mothers and our wives and our daughters and our sisters. And we are more in need of them than they are in need of us. And Allah knows I don't have no proof of that. That is my opinion. I need my mother more than my mother needs me. In my opinion. Alhamdulillah. May Allah guide my mother to Islam. And I hope that if I return to my mother, and she is a Muslim, and a Muslim, I hope one day I can see my beloved mother, and she's covered up like the Muslim woman, mashallah ta'ala, believing in Allah ta'ala. I just want to see her requirement. Mashallah. May Allah help us here. I would love to hear my mother recite Quran. May Allah help us here. Benefit number four. Washing the mouth in the wudu is obligatory. Is wajib. What's the proof that is wajib? Hadith. Which hadith? Don't need to say. Ahsan. We just mentioned it. Whenever you make wudu, then wash your mouth. Collected by Imam Abu Dawood and Imam Ibn Imagine, other than them. May Allah bless you. Benefit number five. Placing the water in your nose and blowing it out is also obligatory. Is also obligatory. Benefit number six. Madhab al-Imam al-Shafi'i anna al-madmada sunnah. The madhab al-Imam al-Shafi'i Blowing the, uh, the water out your nose is a sunnah, not obligatory. Most scholars say it's obligatory, and that's the correct opinion. But the method of Imam al-Shafi'i yarawna anna al-istinshaqa sunnah, laysa wajiban. The madhab of Imam al-Shafi'i, their opinion there of that blessed madhab, is that expelling the water from your nose is sunnah, and it is not obligatory. It is not... It is not obligatory. 
قال لكن الصحيح أنهما واجبان وتابعان لغسل الوجه. However, the correct opinion, as we mentioned, and Allah knows best, is that they both are obligatory. They both are obligatory. Father Lord Sheikh. Don't put it too far in your nose while you're fasting. You could break your fast. I sent. Write that down. I want you to memorize that. May Allah bless you. Father Sheikh. How about the verse in right now? No. A lot of that mentioned that washing them up in the knees. Correct. It's not mentioned. As we mentioned, it's not mentioned in Tafasil by Allah Ta'ala. Lakin indana a hadithun sahiha mina sunnah. Lakin kulna and Allah Ta'ala lam yadkurha. Lam yadkur al madmadata wa lam yadkur rabbuna subhanahu wa ta'ala kadalik al istinshaqa. Sahih. In the verse, Allah didn't mention in detail anything about the mouth, anything about the nose. But we have many authentic hadith. So the scholars they say Allah didn't mention it in detail, but the hadith clarify it generally, explaining that the mouth and the nose are part of the wedge. So Allah mentioned it generally without mentioning it mada in detail. Allah says, wash the face. So he didn't say anything about the mouth and the nose. The sunnah tashrah ma'an al-ayah. The description of how the Prophet made wudu explains mada how to make wudu. هذا سؤال جيد. Good question. May Allah bless you. طيب. What what is it, Mr. Shafiq? They say it's a sunnah. Yeah, they say shafiq. Ah, who's paying attention? Adamu al-dilil al-ladhi adulla ala al-wujub. Imam Shafiq's madhab is arguing. There's no explicit hadith that commands. If you pay attention, the hadith that we mentioned, Ikhwan, may Allah reward our brother, is only mentioning. إذا توضأت فمضمضا ما ذكر النبي الاستنشاق هنا في هذا الحديث. In this hadith that we just memorized, the messenger of Allah he says, whenever you make a wudu, then wash your mouth. He didn't say anything about the istinshaq. So they say there is no explicit hadith commanding to make the istinshaq. That's a strong argument. But the other hadith that's going to come that show the Prophet of Allah used to make the wudu with the istinshaq. But he didn't, huh? Hey, that describes the wudu. There are many hadith in which the companions narrate to us they saw the Messenger of Allah do. But to many of the Imams, you got to mention, Ikhwan, twin, mashallah, may Allah bless you. That madha, al wuju la yati illa bil amr. Al amr min Allah or al amr min al Nabi. Remember the principle, Ikhwan. Many scholars are strict in this regard. To say something is obligatory, you have to have a command. Either from Allah or his messenger. لكن فعل النبي وحدها أو فعل النبي وحده لا يدل على الوجوب. وهذا صحيح. The action of the messenger of Allah alone. The prophet did this. The prophet did that. The prophet did this. عليه السلام alone does not say the action is obligatory. It says it's recommended. Ahmed. So it's Imam Shafi'i. It's just the nose that is sunnah, but he also believes the mouth is wajib. طيب benefit from Ahmed's speech. هنا ما قلنا قول الشافعي لا قلنا مذهب الشافعي ولا فرق بين قول الشافعي ومذهب الشافعي. Pay attention here, يا إخوان. If you if you listen, if you pay attention, 
We didn't say Imam Shafi'i said. There's a difference between the opinion of a Shafi'i and the Madhab of a Shafi'i. Two different opinions, two different meanings. The Madhab of a Shafi'i came way after Shafi'i. And most times, a Shafi'i, يخالف مذهبه. هذا يقع كثيرا. A lot of times you're going to find in your studies, a Shafi'i opposes the madhab that they say they follow a Shafi'i in. The madhab came generations later. It wasn't around in the time of the great Imams. في مذهب الإمام أو في في عصر الإمام مالك ما كان وجود مذهبه لا هذا جاء بعده. In the time of Imam Malik, he didn't, his madhab, it wasn't a thing called the madhab of Imam Malik while he was alive. Abu Hanifa. There wasn't a madhab in his time, the madhab of Abu Hanifa. No, this was developed later on. The different students came and they would compile. The Imam said this, the Imam said that. Many times you find the Imams themselves of the madhab, they differ. Isn't the madhab like based on the things they said or done? Hey. But sometimes, what they attribute to the Imams are not authentic. I mean, an example of that, Al-Irsal al-Imam Malik. The example of that is placing your hands to the sides according to the madhab of Imam Malik. His madhab, all the madhab they say, well, there are two opinions. One opinion is that this is the Sunnah. Another position of the madhab of Imam Malik is that this is the Sunnah. At any rate, they attribute that Imam Malik said this is the Sunnah. But where is the hadith? So sometimes you're going to find in your studies the madhab says one thing, but the imam of such madhab says something different. So here, the madhab of a Shafi'i says that. Imam a Shafi'i also says that. But we mentioned the madhab. But that's Imam a Shafi'i's position also. He's using the fact that according to him, there's no explicit command to put the word on your nose. No. Fadalo Sheikh. Every every prayer, put the word on your mouth and your nose. One of the younger brothers is the same way, mashallah. He's like eight. He writes, he could catch every word in class, mashallah. That's a blessing, ya ikhwan. Little children, sometimes you're watching something. I'm not saying watch TV. I'm not saying buy a TV. That's not my Islam. That's between you and your Lord. And I could, la tashtaruhu. I say, don't buy it. Have the right. That's my opinion. This is an example. Nushahidu shayan fil tilfas. We're watching something methali. Aqul ya Abdullah, to read and to shahid, tayyib. Istafid minhu. Kaybadalik. You say, Abdullah, you want to watch the cartoon, the show? Yes, Abby, I want to watch it. Okay, let's benefit from it. How can I benefit from it? Take this notebook. I want you to dictate everything you hear them say. Let's make it a class. You could try that while you're home. I'll try that myself. To make my writing faster. When the sheikh is writing or speaking, I'm trying to catch everything he's saying. One of the ways to get faster and faster and faster is to practice. For example, while the sheikh is talking, 
whatever you're, you're watching, you try your best to write, to write it, to dictate it. You're going to find yourself getting faster and faster and faster and faster. Like the little child, mashallah. He's, he doesn't listen the best, but his note taken, mashallah. He's one of the best in the class. So whatever you say, he's right there with you. Alhamdulillah. Eight years old, that's a tremendous start. If, huh? Also, also him, he's eight. Right? If he can do that while he's young and be trained upon that, he's not going to miss a beat in class. Mashallah. And we need students of knowledge like that, Mashallah. A lot of this is training, for example. While you're home, you still can practice. I'm watching something at home. Okay. Let me see if I can follow the news. And try your best. And you're going to get faster. I challenge you. When you go home, whatever you're watching, take out a notebook and, and follow it. If you keep doing that an hour a day, you're going to get faster and faster and faster and faster. You're going to start making your own shorthand. For example, that note, sometimes my own notes, you can't read my notes, it's like scribble. I don't have the best writing anyway. And number two, when I'm trying to write shorthand, it's super quick. If you don't write the whole verse, you don't write the whole hadith. When Allah says, I might say, Alif, that's Allah. Or when I read a, recite a hadith, I may say, if I'm writing English, P, circle. Or I may write a star. That's how I know a hadith is about to come next. Or if I pick the scene, a statement of the salaf. Or you have your own shorthand. At any rate, the more you practice it, you're going to get faster and faster and faster. So we can train ourselves outside of being in the masjid, Alhamdulillah. May Allah bless you all. So what's the last benefit you got, little Sheikh? Recite the last benefit you have. What you, what you wrote? Recite what you write. What you wrote? Let me see. Let me hear you. Um, <coughs> when you make wudu, you have that. Whatever you have, read it. That way. That's the tricky. I'm the same way. If I don't go back right after and revise. Two days later, I don't know what I wrote. Sometimes Same thing. Sometimes when I write, I, 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 when I try to read it, mm. I, 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 I cross it up. Uh. Like this, just like I'm doing it now. No. And I just go to the other place and I try my That's why you have to revise, yeah, Also, revive your notes and clean it up. Same thing. Type in nowadays with technology, Ikhwan. They have some devices. One of the girls had it. Instead of writing, she just picks her thing up there. And as you're talking, it's dictating as you're writing, as you're speaking. That's tremendous, but it's going to make you lazy. I would say do that, but you still take notes. Take advantage of, the, of technology, no problem. Type, and I'm sure you can type faster than you can write. Especially if you have like that, what's that machine in the courtroom? Stenographer thing. But it's a different type of typewriter. It's for the, for the court. You ever see on the, the shows? It can type words out. It don't have the vowel. It only have vowels. It don't have the consonants. It's a special type of typewriter. You ever notice how can it keep up so fast like that? Technology is tremendous. You can type. The shake has an iPad. I'm sure he can type faster than he can write. For example, it's with your fingers. So you're training yourself taking notes like that. You're not going to miss anything. Now you may not memorize as easy as if you wrote it down, but I'm sure if you train yourself with that, you're not going to miss a beat, yeah. So these are just methods that we can start benefiting from. Maybe we start doing that one day. Practice our dictation. We play a lecture and then you have to try to write behind it. 
If we can make that a drill, a couple of months here, nobody's going to miss any notes. MashaAllah. There was a sheikh in the kingdom, Sheikh Abdurrahman, the young sheikh, uh, Sheikh Abdurrahman al-Badr. Safra ila Malaysia. He traveled to Malaysia, wa alqa muhadaratan, and he gave a lecture there. Wa a'ta hadiyatan li sheikhin kabir min tulabihi. So he gave a gift. It was a real humbling gift, mashallah, to one of the students. You see it on the line, mashallah. So he's giving the lecture. He calls on this, 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 the brother, the older sheikh. He says, kada wa kada wa kada. He says, give us a benefit about what you wrote. So the sheikh's notes was impeccable. He wrote everything. So the sheikh says, Ta'ala He said, I chose him for a reason. He said, Min he said, I noticed that this older man, and he was older in age, he wasn't like the younger brothers. He was older, mashallah. The Sheikh said, from the beginning of the lecture to the end, his hand never stopped moving. And the Sheikh, he's given the class, but you can see who's writing, who's not writing. So he's looking, and he notices this person. He said, he's not looking up like many of us. He said, no. Everything I said, he wrote. So the Sheikh took off his watch, mashallah. Maybe it's a Rolex, I don't know. Maybe any type of watch. Just coming from the shade. Some other gifts too. Hey, it was nice. And he said, when I get home, I'll send you some other gifts. Can imagine. Just to, for the shake to acknowledge that you take notes would have been sufficient for me. The shake took off his watch and gave the shake the brother the watch. And said, and when I get back to my country, I'm going to send you some more, some more gifts also. And that encourages the students of knowledge. You also have to be careful with that also. Why is that? Hey, it can change your intention. If I say tomorrow, Yechwan, we make it, maybe we'll do that one day. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> you make an announcement. Whoever comes to the class tonight, they're going to get $100. Now it's not going to be the 20 brothers that come, the 10 brothers that come, and the 10 sisters. No. Now the whole message is going to be, hey, 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 where's, Bismillah, Bismillah, everybody's going to come. So it's a thin line between encouraging. You say to your wife, hey, every soda you memorize, we're going to go to the store and get you a new jilbab. That's beautiful, but it's a thin line. Now she goes from memorizing for Allah's sake to from memorizing to get that new jilbab. So you have to be careful there. You say to your son, hey, you want a new Xbox game? Yes. Every soda you memorize, I'll get you a new game. That's beautiful, but you don't have to be careful. His intention can change. Now he's not doing it for Allah's sake no more. Every time Abby comes in, Alif Lamim, Dalikal Kitabullah, Abby leaves. Abby comes back, Allah. You have to be mind. If he's doing it for Allah's sake, or is he doing it to get the gain? So I would say, don't tell the person you're going to do it. When they do it, get them the gift. Don't say, hey, honey, every time you memorize, I'm going to get you hadiyah. No. As she memorized the surah, she learns the book, whatever chapter she's memorizing, and then you take her to get the gift. Don't make it conditional. Fadl. Yeah, how do you raise kids to like do things for Allah's sake? I feel like all of our kids are now. No. Like, no one does it for Allah. No, that's a good point. عندما يكون صغار في أغلب الأوقات يفعلون الأشياء لأن الأم والأب يأمرانه به. والله أعلم. Usually when they're young, 
They're only doing it because Umi and Abi is telling them to do it. When they get older, when they're young, you're not going to be able to tell. But as they get older, you're going to see. Is he doing it now for Allah's sake or because I'm telling him to do it? When they're young, it's really difficult. The child, if Umi say, hey, get up and pray, they're going to get up and pray. Most of the time, they're only praying because Umi said, get up and pray. Most of the time. And that's just being haqiqatul amr in reality. When they get older, now they don't have to get up and pray now. They're older. The angel's right for them. Are you doing it for Allah's sake or not? And most of the time, we do a disservice to our children. Many times, we don't frighten the kids with Allah. Allah's watching you. Fear Allah. You can go to hell. Repent to Allah. Seek forgiveness. That's being mindful of Allah. Most of the time, hey, Umi's on her way home. You better clean up. Here come Umi. Oh, I'm calling Abby. That's most of us. Oh, I'm going to call Abby. So it's not really he's afraid of Allah. No, he's afraid of Abby. So sometimes we should frighten the children with Allah. Not wait till I get home. No. Allah, if you don't repent to Allah, you could go to hell. For example, we should talk to our children like that. Put the fear of Allah in them while they're young. Especially in America. If we can instill Allah in their souls while they're young and put the fear of Allah, Allah is watching you. And they get to grow upon that with that taqwa and that iman. Alhamdulillah. And that's the problem most of our kids now. They, they lost that Allah is watching us. They lost Allah hears you. That's why the aqidah is so important. If we teach the children while they're young, even our school, yaykhwan, we have to change slightly. We have to add to our blessed curriculum that we have. We want to focus on Quran, yes. But we don't want to only focus, uh, only study Quran. We want to also add aqidah, especially while they are young. If we can teach Allah's watching you, this child is still going to make error, but now his mistakes are going to be less. Because he knows Allah is watching. Today in the class, the kids, they tell him everybody, mashallah, they do a good job of that. Hey, teacher, he's playing in the bathroom. Teacher, he don't have, she don't got to go to the bathroom. She's just saying that. You say, twin, how do you know she don't have to go to the bathroom? Yo, I, I know. I know her. <laughs> I'll tell you, at any rate. He said, he's playing in the bathroom. He said, okay. He's playing in the bathroom. Allah is watching him. And you start teaching them. He can fool us can trick us. It's easy to trick someone. But you can't fool Allah. If he's in the bathroom playing, what can I do? What can I do? No. He has to understand Allah is watching him. He wants to act like he has to go to the bathroom to play in the, in the stall with his phone, mashallah ta'ala. What can we do? We teach him Allah is watching you. So I would say it's hard while they're young, but try to instill a tawheed in their souls while they're young. Always remind them Allah is looking at you. There's nowhere you can go. Allah Ta'ala Lam Yasma'ka where Allah won't hear you. There's nowhere you can go. Where Allah Lam Yubusirka where Allah can't see you. You can trick Ummi, you can trick Abi. How many of our children they leave the house? As soon as they get to the driveway, they take their thobe off. They take their jilbab off. They come back in, they put their jilbab on, they come in the house. You can trick a person easily, yeah. That's easy. But you can't trick Allah. So you instill the Tawheed while they're young 
this is the best way. Wallah, I know. Tayyip, let's get some more benefit, Ikhwan. Last point, inshallah ta'ala. Qala khamisan. Fifth point. Ghaslu al-wajh. Wash in the face. Ghaslu al-wajh. Rukunun min arkan al-wudu. Benefit number six. You guys, the card number six? Benefit number six. Wash in the face. Benefit number five. Shukran. Al-Fadatul Khamisa. Benefit number five. Ghaslu al-wajh. Rukunun min arkan al-wudu. Wash in the face. Is a pillar from the pillars of wudu. Is a pillar from the pillars of wudu. وآخر فائدة last benefit يا إخوان حد الوجه حد الوجه the limit of the face the face is from what to what حد الوجه بالنسبة إلى الوجه عندنا طول والعرض عندنا طول والعرض regarding the face you have the the height of the face face and you have the the width of the face. Tulan min manabith min manabit shari ila dhikin or dhukun. Going height wise, the face starts where your hair begins. Everybody's hair is going to begin differently. The beginning of his hair, the manba' where the hair starts to the chin. This is the tool, the height of your face. From where your hair begins. Manabati al-sha'ar ila dhukun to the chin. Wa irudan width-wise min al-udhun ila al-udhun. Min al-udhun ila al-udhun. The width-wise is from ear to ear. So the face, we have a tulan, a height, and we have a irudan, a width. From the tul, the height of the face is from Manabat al-sha'ar, from where your hair begins, to the dhukun, to your chin. Not your neck, your chin. That's why some scholars say, you can trim what comes underneath of your, your neck, of your beard. Some scholars say that. It's not correct opinion, but some scholars say that. They say because this is not really considered a beard. So many of them. The beard is on your face. And they say, what comes beneath your chin, you can trim. The correct opinion is that wherever your beard grows, you leave it. That's the sunnah of the Messenger alayhi salatu Some scholars say it's allowed to trim your beard. Be sharatan wahid with one condition. If you grab your beard and your beard protrudes between your fists, they say you can trim that from the action of Ibn Umar. Al-Sahaba ma fa'alu hadha, lakin Ibn Umar fa'ala. The companions, most of them never did that. However, Ibn Umar, one time, during Hajj, he grabbed his beard, had a nice full beard, mashallah, grabbed his beard by his fists, or fists, and whatever protruded forth, he trimmed it. Many scholars say that shows it's allowed. The correct opinion is that, that does not show it's allowed. That's the action of Ibn Umar. Because the Messenger of Allah, huh? there's no consensus there, number one. And number two, it contradicts what the Messenger of Allah says. Some scholars say it's an exception. And there is no contradiction. 
Some scholar says he's showing that it's allowed. At any rate, all the companions didn't have that point of view. Ibn Umar had that point of view. For whatever reason. Second of all, he didn't say, call a Nabi. He didn't say, write to Nabi. He didn't say the Prophet said for me to do this. He didn't say, I saw the Prophet do. The Prophet said, leave the beard. So that's why you see some Mashaykh, some Muslims have big beards. And they do as the Prophet said, they leave it. So some scholars say you are allowed to trim it. They use the action of Ibn Umar. Allah. Right? To shave your beard all the way off, almost every scholar has the point of view that that is haram. Some say hate it. The correct opinion is that it is haram. From the easiest ways to get good deeds, you don't have to memorize anything, you don't have to go to no class, you have a beard, let it grow. That's it. Let it grow. One brother said, I got patches in my beard, so I just cut it off, so therefore it could be even. I say, don't do that. Just let it grow. If you have patches, you have patches. Alhamdulillah. He says, in my school, they talk about me. Let them talk about you. Alhamdulillah. Who is that going to harm me, That's speech. My son in school, back home, he says, he got into a fight the other day with a girl. And I was like, how you fighting a girl, yaqi? He was happy, yeah, Abby, you got in a fight. I said, okay. Alhamdulillah. He said, yeah, with a girl. I said, how are you happy about that? You should be on punishment. You say, I talk for the law. What happened? She talked about my throat. My little son back home, I'm trying to get him here, I think he'll calm down in a community like this. He just wants to fight. And you say anything about Islam, he jumps on you. So the girl said, hey, you got that dress on. He said, oh yeah, I got a dress on. He said, yeah, that's, you're Muslim. No, she's talking about my throat. Let her talk about your throat. What do you mean? Let her talk about it. That's not going to harm you. It, it looks like a dress. They talk about Abby. Oh, you got on a dress? Yes, I, I got on a dress. Alhamdulillah. It looks like a dress. No problem. Who is that going to harm? The Messenger of Allah used to be talked about. He didn't fight them. No, you have to learn when do you fight? When do you not fight? That's from wisdom. Sometimes you say, hey, yes, this looks like a, a dress, but it's called a throat. Shukran. So now he has to go to school and apologize, inshallah, to that girl and the school in general. Say, so you are the Muslim there. But we're wrong also, ya khwan, for allowing them to go to non-Muslim schools in the first place. And may Allah help us all, ya khwan, and allow us to get our kids out of the non-Muslim schools. Sometimes it's, 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 it's oppression. We throw them in there and expect them to behave like this and like that. That's not correct, ya khwan. May Allah help us all. So trying to get him to calm down is a test. He's defending Islam, but he believes you have to fight everybody that says anything about Islam. And that's not correct, yeah. But he's little. And may Allah help us all and teach us all. Ta'ib. So we'll stop there, Ikhwan. If anyone has anything to mention, they can do so. For their Sheikh. What if the person is bold? Where does the... If he's bold? Yeah, if it's like, he's bold, where does... Uh, uh, where it say his hair as long as he you can see where his hair would start he may not have no hair he may have a bald head but he still has a manabit he has a beginning like where his hair would be you know you might have to look at the stubbles there if it's shaved all the way down then he can make his ishtihad but he should have like some traces of where his the roots of his hair would be if that's the case he will look at there everybody has where his head would be. He may not have no hair, 
He may be like me and shave his hair off, but you can see where your hair would start at. To your chin, and that's tulan as far as height, and then the, the width from udun ila udun. And may Allah make it easier for Father yeah, Shaykh. Yeah, if you come late for the class, um, should you just sit for the class or you should pray to Torah? Or take on faith that any Ikhwan will give you a benefit. Our beloved Shaykh is asking if someone comes for class and they're late. Do they pray to Raka'ah or do they just sit? Awalan ain't dars. First we will say, where is the class? Either dars yakuna madhan fil masjid, alayna bil ahkam al masjid. If the lesson is held in the masjid, then we have the rulings of the masjid. If the lesson is held in the class, mathalan, fama indar ahkam al masjid. Fadl. Question mark? No. Um, where do you when you are doing a wudu, if it's not a do I do? Um, Wudu. Do you, you always wash your mouth. You always wash your mouth. And then you, when 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 you, then, then he, then he, then he, then he wrote the whole example. Huh? Then he buys his a son an Xbox. Then you, that's, then I told him, you should not raise your son like that. You should say, read your Ashad and don't tell them what you're going to do. And then give the gift after. And, and, and say, Allah's watching. If you do Ashad correctly, Allah's each time you read a word that's correct. Hmm. Or you get, you get, um, you get a reward. Alhamdulillah. That's good, Yaqwan. Children like that, that can take notes like that, Yaqwan, we have to take advantage. These are the ones we want you to come to every class. And May Allah bless you. And How old are you again? 13? 15? 8. 20? 8. MashaAllah. May Allah bless you. Hey, son, go use the restroom. And then. I don't remember saying that part, but that's okay. Rabbi. And, and say, brush your teeth, and then you, you, and, and you say, you say, I'm gonna give you um, a new TV. That's from our class, or that's from you? It's from you. <laughs> <laughs> that's your example. Yeah. Alhamdulillah. May Allah bless you. Yeah. Keep it up, man. And then, and then the, the sister comes to brush her teeth too, and then she says, Oh, he's he's not brushing his teeth. He's just playing around. Mm. And then he says, If he is, or if you're lying. It, 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 it's fine, and if and, uh, and you should not treat them like that. You should say, remind watching, them. Hey, remind Allah's them of Allah. Watching, Allah's watching you. You should you should um, brush your teeth, then um, rinse your mouth, and then do it. And if and if you're messing around, Allah's watching. Alhamdulillah, that's a good. There was an example like that here, Yahwah. May Allah bless you. Keep up the good work and your note taking. I want you to increase. Go ahead, follow. So if you have beard, do, do not cut it because it's haram. Mm. Because if you have patches, let the patches alone. Leave them alone. It's, it's haram because be, just leave your beard alone how mm. it is. MashaAllah. Why do we say leave the beard alone? Because it would just make it shorter and then it will cut the surface. and then it will Who told us to leave the beard? Allah. After Allah? Um. Prophet? And the Prophet said, Uhyu al-liha, leave your beard. 
So you have a beard, leave your beard. Yeah. Well, if it doesn't match or it doesn't. Uh, There's this person named James. Next time, don't mention the name. There's don't just say. That his beard he used to be right here. Uh, now it's all the way out. If he was standing up, it would touch the ground. Mashallah. And it would it would drag it each time he's walking. Mashallah. Mm. He, he does it kind of. Next time you give an example, don't mention the name. Just say there's if you have patches, you have patches. Whoever's gonna talk about you, that's never gonna harm. If you're sincere, it's not the way I don't have a beard because I like a beard, Yehwan. Before I liked the beard, for example, at any rate, you have a beard because you're Muslim. Allah Ta'ala tells us to follow the Sunnah. The Messenger of Allah tells us to leave our beard. So we're seeking a reward from Allah Ta'ala. That's it. One person says, hey, you're not Arab. Why are you just like an Arab? I'm not just like an Arab. I'm just like the Muslims. Not an Arab, we're Muslims. In Africa they were a thaw. In China they were a thaw. In Malaysia they were a thaw. In Saudi Arabia they were a thaw. In Kuwait they were a thaw. Yes, it could be traditional in some cultures, but the Muslim wears a dress of modesty. It's not about where he's from, at any rate. But some of the people don't realize that, yeah, well. So we had a benefit to share, but I believe what our little Sheikh mentioned is suffice, yeah, well. There was an example too, the children were arguing here at our masjid. And one of the children, mashallah, he was getting cheated of something. Somebody was doing something wrong to him. He said, fear Allah, fear Allah, ya akhi, fear Allah. And him being young, that, that humbles ya khwan, that shows these people are doing a tremendous job with their children by pitting Allah in the hearts of the children. That's something we don't have as adults. This little child, they was doing a game or something. It's my turn, I'm next, fear Allah, fear Allah. It was nice ya khwan. This child is being raised up in a home, a community, that the people mention Allah Ta'ala. So what's up there, Ikhwan? Anyone else have anything else? What's your name, Yaqi? This is your first time I get to see you. Fardaus. Fardaus, mashallah. I don't think I met you before, son. No? I came here yesterday. Ah, may Allah bless you. Welcome, may Allah bless you. anyone online has anything to mention? If not, we'll stop. Our person says, Ustad, more than anything else, I try to understand the wisdom and the character of the teacher, please share some stories, if possible, of how your teachers showed you good character. Which are our best. May Allah bless you. Um, do you have to make the wudu three times each time? You don't have to make it three times. It can be three times, two times, or one time. Three times are the best, the most complete amount of times. And may Allah bless you all. What's up there, Juan? Father Sheikh. Could you uh, mention a point about what do you do if you come to class late? Ah, hey. I know it's something else here, So the person comes late to class. Number one, we mentioned Aina Dars. Where is the class? If the class is in the masjid, then we go by the ruling of the masjid. If the class is not in the masjid, then we go by other than the ruling of the masjid. Methalan, Ida la'ab yuridan yajlis. If the class is in the masjid and the student comes, if he's late or on time, it doesn't matter, and he wants to sit, he should pray to raka'ah before he sits. 
We say that working by the statement of the Messenger as he mentions the Messenger of Allah he says, if one of you comes to the masjid, then let him pray to raka'ah before he sits. A student comes to the masjid for class, but he doesn't want to sit. We can't make him sit. He says, hey, I want to participate, but I want to stand up and write. No problem. The sunnah is that before you sit, you do not sit down in the house of Allah before you pray to raka'ah. Uh, even if the Jumu'ah is going on, Many of the Imams of the Shafi'i Madhab, they have an opinion. Imam Al-Nawi mentions, they have an opinion. If the Jumu'ah is going on and someone comes in the masjid, you should sit down. But this is not correct. The strongest opinion once again is that this is general. In the time of the Messenger of Allah, this example took place. The Messenger of Allah was given Jumu'ah. And someone came and sat. But Nabi Sa'alahu, Hal Salaita Raka'atain? The Messenger of Allah said to the man, Did you pray to Raka'ah? The man said, No. The Prophet said, Get up and pray. Some scholars say from this hadith, if the Imam is given Jumu'ah and he talks to you specifically, you are allowed to answer him. That's one opinion. The second opinion is no. This is not general. If the Messenger of Allah is talking to you, you have to answer him. That's different. But this is not general for every Imam. First opinion is general for every Imam. You're in Jumu'ah. The Imam says, hey, Masi, did you do such and such? And Masi says, no. There's no harm on him. That's the first opinion. Second opinion is no. That's only for the Prophet. You have to obey the Messenger, That's different. You try your best not to talk. Even if you're to Ammimun, you're saying Ameen. If you can say Ameen to yourself, say it to yourself. Out of fear that you will blow your Jumu'ah. You don't have to say Ameen out loud. You say it. The Imam makes a dua. Allahumma arhamhum. Oh Allah have mercy upon them. You hear the whole message. Ameen. 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 And then we get in a competition. Who's the loudest? Ameen. 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 That happens in the Quran. You're in the Salah. If you say Ameen to yourself or Ameen Allah, what's the difference? Tatakalameen Allah, you're speaking to Allah. You don't have to say, Oh, Ameen. Same thing in our Fatiha. You don't really see it a lot here. A lot of other masajid, it's a competition of who can say it the loudest. What a darling, ah, some brothers, Ameen. It's not a competition, yeah, You don't get no more reward for saying it louder. Yes, you raise your voice. That's a sunnah. 
as it comes in the hadith, a'la sawta. Al-hadith, the Prophet raised his voice when he said, ameen. Yes, but not screaming. Two different things. Sometimes you only want to pray next to Brother Fulan because he's going to blow your eardrum off, for example. He's going to look right at you. Amen. 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 Now you got to go make, when you see the brothers leaving to make wudu, sometimes they don't got to make wudu. <laughs> that happens, yeah. I just got to get away. I can't pray next to him, yeah. You hear the brothers? He's so loud, he's amin. We hear him. Raise your voice. That's a sunnah. Don't scream it in my ear. Why are you looking at me? Why are you all in my face? Where's your khushur? May Allah help us, So that's what I was saying there. The brother brought some snacks, ikhwan. Get some reward from the brother, inshallah. I don't know if the sisters left. If not, we can take some to them also. We'll stop there, ikhwan. If there's anything that we said that's correct, it's from Allah. Anything we said is incorrect, is from ourselves. And may Allah bless you all, ikhwan. فسبحانك اللهم وبحمدك أشهد أن لا إله إلا أنت استغفرت لك وياكم الشكر وياكم I have a question in the كنوب what is the evidence for raising the hands and saying آمين أو لا in the كنوب there's a hadith that the Messenger of Allah, I believe, is collected by Imam Malik in his Mawatta, that not in the every kunut, the sunnah is that you shouldn't raise your hands in the kunut, actually. Many companions used to raise their hands. Ibn Umar used to raise his hands in the kunut, but he didn't say the Prophet said. He didn't say the Prophet did. So if you raise your hands in the kunut, you can say I'm following the sunnah of some of the companions, but you can't say I'm following the sunnah of the Messenger of Allah. There's no authentic hadith that the Messenger of Allah raised his hands in the qunut. The times the Messenger of Allah raised his hands was in the istisqa, asking for rain. He would raise his hands until the whitenesses of his armpits were visible. Uh, the qunut, the sunnah, there's no description that the Messenger of Allah raised his hands in the, in the qunut. If you raise your hands, you're following some of the companions, which is allowed, wallah But it's better to follow the Prophet, alayhi salatu salam. Raising the hands, I don't know any proof that the Prophet raised his hands in the kunut. That's what I would say, wallah As far as the people saying, ameen, that's not a sunnah. You can say ameen, it's better that you say ameen to yourself, because you're in the salah. It's better to say Ameen to yourself. The only time you say Ameen out loud is after Al-Fatiha. So the Imam is given the Qunut and you say Ameen, Ameen, Ameen out loud. The lowest thing is that that's allowed. However, it would be better to say Ameen to yourself. And not to say it out loud as we have no proof that that's the Sunnah of the Messenger Al-Bukhari. And the Messenger of Allah, he says, pray the way you say me pray. From the hadith of Malik ibn Huwaitith, collected by Imam al-Bukhari. But doesn't the Amin have to coincide with the angels? That Amin is specific. That's talking about the Amin of al-Fatiha. Not every general Amin. The Amin that the Messenger of Allah mentions, إِذَا وَافَقَ تَأْمِينُكَ تَأْمِينَ الْمَلَائِكَةِ قَفْرَ اللَّهُ لَكَ مَا تَقَدَّمْ مِنْ ذَنْبِهِ مِنْ حَدِيثَ بِهُرَيْنَ فِي السُنَةِ وَ the Messenger of Allah, he says, if your Amin 
coincides with the amin of the angels, then all your sins will be forgiven. Hadith Abi Hurairah. But that hadith is talking about the amin of the Fatiha, not any general amin. That hadith is talking about the amin of Al Fatiha. So, should you keep your hands? I would say keep your hands the same way your hands were in the salah and you make your dua. If you're the Imam or if you're not the Imam, you keep your hands here. If you raise your hands, you can say, I'm following the action of Ibn Umar. He did that. Yes. But you can't say the Prophet did that. You need proof to say it's a sunnah. That's what I would say. Wallah alam. May Allah bless you. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.